So you're welcome to episode 24 of the second season of Rebel Yell, sponsored by the CCFC Exiles. My name is Kevin Galvin, as ever. And after my chat last week at Address Savings, Marius Dahl, it's back to more familiar territory for the podcast today, with Dave back in the guest hot seat. Um, Dave probably doesn't know as much about Rosenberg, but certainly knows a lot more about Cork City, so we'll probably take it from a Cork City point of view this week, heading into... (laughs) Um, tomorrow night's uh, Europa League third qualifying round, second leg game against um, Rosenberg. But get straight into it, Dave. Uh, as you said here, no European goals in five matches. Two blanks against Larnaca, two blanks against Legia, and a blank at home against Rosenberg. Now, Stephen Beattie uh, was speaking, I think, to the Irish Daily Star, um, Neil Erden, uh, who's over there at the moment, and he said that pretty much they did everything wrong in the first leg. They talked about taking their chances. They didn't. They talked about not making stupid mistakes. They did. So, I mean, where does that leave them now? Blank uh, in five games trying to score two in Norway. Well, it's literally crapping it off the pot time because we don't score at all. Like Even if we score one, if we break the drag, that's still not good enough. We need at least two to get to extra time and three to win on the night and... Based off the last couple of European performances, and actually, like as you mentioned, we had chances again last week. We had a half full of chances over the two legs against against Leggy, and we just weren't clinical enough. And I thought that Graham Cummins scoring in the league and breaking his duck would have maybe helped him um, against Leggy, but he didn't really have any chances, or against Rosenberg, I should say, last week, and he didn't really have any chances to do that. I mean, the team selection again is going to be interesting on, on tomorrow as, as we tape. Um, Sadier came off the bench last week and probably brought a bit of life into the game, but didn't really offer much chance-wise. He put a couple of crosses in, but that was pretty much it. Uh, McNamee played the full 90, I believe, against Home Farm on Saturday, and by most accounts, based on people who were there, wasn't that impressive, which against Home Farm is worrying. But like, I, like this, the option is still there if we score in the first 15 minutes that they might get a bit nervous. I mean, 2-0 on the night isn't impossible. But just after that will be what happens next, and that will be the, the, tough, the tough task. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose the, the question about Kieran Sadlier is the key one. We were very critical, obviously, as are a lot of other people in the Polish Army Stadium when he stood on the bench for 15 minutes when we conceded the second and were pretty much ruled out of the tie. So as you say, you know, scoring early, we always talk about scoring early, obviously, but particularly in this context, trying to overturn two-goal deficit, trying to sow the seeds of doubt amongst those Rosenberg players who have had a bit of a, a mixed European uh, campaign thus far. You really have to start sadly, or don't you? Because, I mean, he might be in the greatest of form, he might be playing the greatest football, but at least he gives you that extra bit of attacking threat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're looking for players in the City squad who could change a game with, like, one little move here and there, sadly, is up the top of it. Like, I mean, yes, it can be, he can be very frustrating when he tries it too often, but as people like people who defend him point out, if it works once and it gets a goal, he can try it as many times as he wants, and especially... I mean, look, we've seen Tardy McNamee on the wing. It doesn't work. We've seen him in the centre where he kind of does. And, like, we've seen the likes of Shepard. Shepard, who's running his absolute nuts off. He looks very tired at the end of the Rosenberg game when he eventually got taken off. Um, like, sadly, starting is the logical decision, but we know John Caulfield likes to spring a surprise or two. So it wouldn't really be the biggest shock if Sanyard doesn't start. I would imagine that he has to start Cummins, at least. It won't be a case of, like, Leggy where both don't get on the bench to start, I'd say one, one definitely and probably two. I just don't know which ones. Yeah, but 
I mean, you have up here, you know, could a miracle occur, obviously, but or should we send out the white flag? And is that a worry as well that, you know, we could take a bit of a pasting off this crowd if, if they get going up through the gears? Yeah, like, I think if they score first, it could be a long, long night. And, like, if we score... Or like maybe not even early. If we score first with like half an hour to go, obviously inside that's going to be a lot more difficult. But if we get to like sixty and it's nil all, and then we score, then the pressure starts coming up onto them. Whereas if we score early, it's also more pressure because them more time to get back. But if they score first, we need four. So like that's not. Or sorry, no, three one will do us. So we still need three. But if they score first, like we're still on the back foot. Like that means we have to score three, as opposed to needing two and potentially extra time and penalties. So I can't see. I just can't see us turning that game around if we do concede first, which is a big yeah. worry because we saw how easy last week they were able to take us apart. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I suppose there are some signs of positivity at least for City in the Rosenberg's result on Sunday, and they drew one all with Stabek, which was probably pronounced wrong, but uh, actually went one 0 behind, and then Marius Lindemo scored in the 59th minute. A very similar team that started against Cork City. Um, Soderlund up front with Levy, Jensen and Bentner um, that seems to be um, what's brought Rosenberg are playing at the moment under their new manager Remy Remy Coolen um, and obviously they're talking about a lot of injuries as well they have a striker signed but he's not eligible to be registered yet so I mean really of all the times to be playing this Rosenberg team you want to be playing them at this moment when they're, when they're really struggling but it's still very very difficult to see City um, doing enough to get over the line yeah, look, I mean, this is a argument, this is a Legia game, when you saw Legia's subsequent results, uh, losing to Spartak Trinava, wasn't it? And then, now, as we saw last week, 2-1 down after the home leg against F9-1 Duke Lodge of Luxembourg, who, I'll remind you, were beaten by UCD three years ago. And it was just that argument again, like, there's no better time to be playing Legia. There's probably, as you mentioned, there's probably no better time to be playing Rosenberg. Middle of the season, they're not doing that great. They've got new signings. The new manager as well, obviously, they sat the old one in the middle of the Celtic, in between the Celtic legs, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, in between the Valor legs, I think. Valor legs, my apologies. Like, so, like, this is still a new team, they're still getting to know them, and they still managed to beat us relatively easily, and probably could have had more last week. I mean, there was chances later on in the second half. Gary Buckley, when he was tired, played his kind of... Every time he does it in a big game, he has one awful pass, and I mean, the knock leggy, and then we had one against Rosenberg, where it was looking, it felt a better, and uh, he made an excellent, otherwise it could have been 3-0 going into tomorrow night. So, as I said, could a miracle occur? It absolutely could. Do I expect it to? No. I don't think, I don't think we, I think maybe we go brave defeat, maybe a 2-1 defeat, or a one all draw, you know, just to, just to get the, the European duck off, well, I don't think we go through. Yeah, we're finding it very hard to keep a clean sheet at the moment, full stop. Um, whether it's against Rosenberg, whether it's against Home Farm, um, like you know, it's very hard to see City even if they score over there. It's very hard to see them, you know, not conceding, um, which you know makes the makes the makes the task obviously a lot more difficult. Um, Speaking of that home farm game, a 5-1 win for City was all wrapped up in the first half and Soccer Public only showed, um, as you said, Dave, that the second half must have been so bad that the, the, the Soccer Public only chose to sh- show the highlights in the first half. Obviously, job well done, 3-0 up within 10 minutes, I think. Yeah. Um, but I suppose we look at what Derry did to Bellarney. Um, they put 12 past them, kind of relentless, and you know, obviously you don't go into games expecting to 
to score 12 goals, but certainly um, a scoreless second half, I think, will have been a bit of a disappointment to some people. Yeah, I suppose, where, where do you fall on the argument, really, in the way, like, do you go out and embarrass teams that you're so much better off? Obviously, Derry did against Blarney, and that was the right thing to do. But under, I'd say Kenny Shields would probably have an excuse for the two goals if they conceded, I know. We haven't seen it yet. But, you know, like, just City put up five. I mean, the worst you could ask for now was a win with no injuries. And, like, that's really what we got. I think on one stage... People were there saying that Garone Marshy got a cruncher from Ollie Cowell or something like that. Ollie Cowell maybe tackled his own teammate, something like that. Garone got caught in the middle. I think Padre Sullivan was saying it. But, you know, 3 0 up inside 12 minutes, and that's already job done. So you don't really want to push yourself too hard. I mean, if we win, I don't know, 11 4, but someone pulls a hamstring in doing it, it's a terrible result. Whereas 5 1, obviously, 1 isn't great, but we'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, that's, it was job done, and I mean, I don't. I don't think he couldn't. John Coffey would have asked or or wanted much more. Yeah, just yeah. That that, that goal, obviously, <laughs> um, and like obviously, there's plenty of positives to take out of it. There was good good performances. Roland Colling got another two. Um, you know, apparently Joshua Hanlon played very well. Um, there were kind of good moments throughout for obviously under our three under nineteens players coming on as well, which is great. Ronan Hurley back having um got a quite a nasty head injury against Waterford in the League Cup. That's his second senior appearance this season. So um I mean there are plenty of positive there, but like nothing seems to be going right for Peter Cherry at the moment, does it? No, and look it was one of them freak goals. And like I give I won't give go too hard on Cherry here because you and I are both goalkeepers and I think everyone's expecting there. Like, I presume everyone has there was a little dink over the top, in which case Peter Cherry's in the perfect starting position. Mm. I don't think anyone was expecting Sean Goulden to shoot. He did, and fair enough, he caught it sweetly, and it flew over Cherry. But it just, as you say, it just doesn't seem to be going Peter's way at all, which is unfortunate, because like we saw moments against Legia, yeah, yeah, he had that mistake in the second leg, but he had a couple of unbelievable saves as well, and, and closing down one-on-ones, and... As a reserve keeper, as a backup keeper, he's still probably the best in the league that we had. Like, because look at maybe Dundalk have Gabby Sava, Shamrock Rovers have A and other at this stage. Um, and like, Kevin like Horgan seems to be their main sort of, well, I suppose, between Kevin Horgan and Alan Manis. Yeah, and then um, you've Bizzunu, who still hasn't transferred yet, but he's still there. And like, we've got Peter Cherry, that's reliable, and that's consistent. So I'd be happy enough with him still. And I wouldn't, like, I don't think. Maybe if Mark McNulty does get on in a couple of years, I know Peter Cherry's only a few years younger than him, but we'll get a couple of good years out of Peter when he does eventually start. If he's still there, of course, by the time Nulls does retire in 2042. Um, but I just I don't think you can be too harsh on him after that on Friday, or on Sunday, I should say, because that like, was a phenomenal strike. Yeah, and obviously from a goalkeeper, as you say, both of us are goalkeepers, but I'm just going to ask you this question, given the fact that I'm hosting this week. <laughs> like, as a goalkeeper... In that situation, how do you, I suppose, rebuild that confidence again? Or, you know, do you you think that's even an issue after a freak goal like that? I don't know if the confidence would be down after the goal uh, against Home Farm. I think the Legia one might still be playing on his mind, though. Um, People were saying that he had a couple of dodgy touches as well. I mean, he nearly got caught out taking too much time on the ball in the second half, apparently, or later on after the goal in the first half. But, you know, would that be that be the immediate confidence worry? But I think he's been around the league long enough and he's had these kind of things with Dundalk and Bray. He's had these kind of errors before that I'm sure he will be able to get over pretty quickly. And the next time you see him, which will probably be the last 16, I'm sure he'll give a good account of himself. 
Yeah, hopefully indeed. And uh, looking around the other cup results, obviously that main one that stands out is the is Shamrock Rovers losing to Drogheda. <laughs> Um, cup specialists, of course, Shamrock Rovers, who are 30, now waiting 30, 32 years. You'll be waiting 27 years. 32 years for uh, an FAI Cup trophy. Um, <laughs> yeah, where, do you, where do you start with this? I mean, they were bringing on a 15 year old in the second half, and as people say, um, you know, in blooding youth players is all great and good, but doing it when they're one down in a, ma- you know, they talked about how massive they take the cup this season. That several of their players say, you know, it's been a real priority yeah. for this season. We've, we're almost obsessed about it. I think, um, I think Luke, um, Luke Burns said, um, but like <sighs> losing one nil to draw the United and bringing on a fifteen-year-old. Uh, exactly sure I mean, Bradley is taking it as a like priority. So many, so many questions. I mean, there was the talk of Rovers. This was the year because they knew they were out of the league, and obviously they are out of the league. They're twenty something points behind with eight games to go, so they can't make it up. Um, and like the, the cup was all they had left. They were out of the league cup, so look, oh look, a way to draw. That's a good way to start the potential run to a final. I mean, they haven't been to a final since twenty eleven, I want to, or twenty ten, I should say, when Sligo beat them in the first game of the Viva on penalties. So for size, it's come to size of Rovers. I mean, thirty two years ago, on the internet wasn't a thing. So like that just sums up how long it's been for some Rovers fans and you're one nil down, yes, fair enough, you've ten men since Lee Grace got sent off. For a fifteen year old, I mean what you have to like people even Rovers fans have to question with Stephen Bradley about that and how serious he takes it because I don't care if you don't have a striking option apart from that fifteen year old. Bring on a midfielder and push someone up. Like a fifteen year old when you're away from home, a child, an illegal child who I don't and I'd question the legality of how bringing him on. I know there's a rule about 16-year-olds um, that you need parent permission. I don't know what it is about 15 in the FAI rule book, but like, that's bizarre. That is the most bizarre tactical move I've ever seen from any manager chasing a game for a competition that they're supposedly taking seriously. Bringing on a 15-year-old isn't going for the FAI Cup. Bringing on a 15-year-old is going, oh, is he any good? If he is, let's sell him off to an English club and get a bit of money for him. And that's, that's for the club of rover stature and size. That's pathetic. Yeah, that that's kind of the 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 I suppose the accusations being leveled at Rovers at the moment that they're just trying to push out as many young fellas as they can and then and then sell them off as quickly as possible. I I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to that myself, but I mean, my big problem with this um, isn't so much like the fact that Rovers lost. I mean, that's very disappointing for their supporters. It's very disappointing for that football club. Um, as you say, you'd have to question the 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 tactical intention of that. But I mean, for a fifteen-year-old, yeah, as you say, still legally a child, and um, not old enough to, to legally work, as far as I know, when you're fifteen, um, like to be brought on in that kind of high-pressure situation, and then to be dealing with the fallout of that because you played a part in that game, and to be, you know, regardless of what people are going to say, I mean, nobody's going to blame the young guy for it. Obviously, it's it's got nothing to do with him, but. As a as as people were very self critical, and as a, a young player who's trying to make an impression in the senior team, uh, that's going to leave uh, a lasting impression because he's going to be self critical about his what he should have done um, to do that, and then you start lumping that pressure on him, which is completely unfair of a of a young guy. I mean, it's one thing when you're you know four or five mil up in a competition and. You're, you know, you're you're kind of cruising along, and you bring on a young guy, and he gets his little part, and it's a nice little confidence booster. But bringing him into that situation, and then kind of giving him that guilt afterwards, and giving him that 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 weight to carry on his shoulders is 
It's an awful thing to do psychologically to a kid that's only 15. Big, uh, biggest taste of football, like of proper football this year, would have been an under-17 game, maybe away to learn well, there in the northern half. So like maybe away to Dundalk or something like that. And suddenly you're relying on him to come into a senior football game against a draw the United side who are doing quite well in the first division, have a lot of Premier Division players and Premier Division quality in their squad. And you're asking him to come on and try and make the difference. To try and get your uh, to try and get the team back into it when he's 15 and like that's you have to question it bizarre and it, obviously it's got to affect him because he, like he's coming up against like I don't like Sean Brennan is still with uh, and I like to Chris Lyons these are all Jake Hyman these are all established names in League of Ireland's Premier and first Paul Skinner is the keeper as far as I'm aware so like I'm, uh, a player who's been around this league 15 nearly 20 years at this stage. And you're asking this 15-year-old to try and get him, and like, it's you yeah, do have to question psychology, and it is going to hurt him, and it shouldn't. I'm, I mean, what's Sinclair Thompson? I think his name was. Like, people know his name now, but for all the wrong reasons, he could come on and later on in the year and score a goal against I don't know Bray in the 5-0 win, but people still remember him as that kid that Bradley brought on to try and save the game and save the cup against Drogheda, and that's completely unfair on him. Yeah, it's tainted by association almost. Um, moving on to some of the other results, obviously the other big surprising one, Longford beating Sligo. Um, it's just been a disastrous season this season for Sligo. We were talking to, to Alan Finn, obviously, who works up there. Um, and it's, it's it's just things seem to keep getting bad to worse. And you must have... You would expect Gerald, so, but also at this stage of the season, there's only, what, eight, nine games left for most sides. I think sacking him at this stage is probably the wrong thing to do, but... Oh, absolutely. But, uh, but I, I mean, at the end of the season, I mean, it must be seriously absolutely. under pressure. I, mean, like not only, to, not to I think there's five points clear in Limerick um, in the playoff, relegation playoff race, if you will, and I think at one stage they were 15 or 16 points clear and Bohemians were worried about it, and they've just gone into some awful, awful results, and that game on uh, at the weekend with Jamie Hollywood at Probenough, who got who stole the headlights... And, I mean, you just don't see where Sligo are going to... They have, obviously, they had that thing with the dock where there was 11 home weeks, a home game, or 11 weeks during a home game. That might be detrimental to funds, but, and maybe to player morale, but you just look... They're, they're, they're in big, big danger now. They have a game in hand on there, but I know that. But it's just a case of, you're out of the cup, and it was similar to, to Rovers. Sligo have a decent enough cup pedigree, at least in the last decade or so. They've won it two or three times. So they were looking at it and going, right, nice way to get distracted from the league, home game against first division side, and no disrespect to Neil Fenn, and, and not, a, not a top first division side, at least they're fighting for the playoffs, but they're not near the top level of UCD. And to lose 1-0 to a scrappy enough goal is a serious disappointment, and as you say, questions will be asked, and I'd be surprised if he was there to start next season. Yeah, but I mean, even you talk about that 11 games, obviously, or sorry, 11 weeks without a home game thing, like, winning another cup tie means the possibility of having a home cup draw, which means you get more money into the coffers again. You know, it's it's all cyclical. Like, it's, it's you know, the further you progress in the competition, the more likely you are to draw a big team. It's a potential drawing them a home, getting a big crowd out. Obviously, Sega Rovers, people are kind of enamored with the cup. Um, over the over the various you know seasons where they've they've gotten into the finals and even when they haven't been um, at, at, in the top division they've they've always given the cup a good crack but um, 
yeah, very, very disappointing result for them. And other, other than that, really, um, you know, kind of everything as you were, which means um, obviously the, the other big game was the, the, the El Trafico, as people have been uh, calling it. CIE Ranch beating Dublin Bus 1-0. Um, quite appropriate that a team would keep a clean sheet against the Dublin Bus. Um there are jokes to be made about that generally, but we we'll leave them to those who have to suffer Dublin Buses services on a regular occasion. Um but like yeah, I mean there's some there's some very interesting ties there. Obviously Derry at home to Pats is the main Premier Division one. Um, you know, Drada hosting Waterford, that's a great opportunity for them on a Waterford side that, that are struggling for form at the moment. Limerick against Cabin Teeley could very much bring a shock. Longford got rewarded with a um home draw against uh, Shelburne. CAE against UCD is a Dublin derby. Galway against Bowes. Um, you'd expect Bowes to win that, but uh, but still, that that that's an interesting one. And then uh, Dundalk getting Harps, um, which would be a good draw, I think, for both of them. I mean, not from a progression point of view for Harps, but at least if you're playing an away game, you're not going down to to Cork, or you're not going down to Limerick or Waterford. Um, at least Dundalk is reasonably close in the grand scheme of things. Um, City drawn at home to Minute University Town. Obviously, Minute. You know, you're always happy, I suppose, to draw a non-league team. But Manute won the, the Intermediate no, Cup last year. No, like, so of the non-league teams, probably in the competition, the last round people would have been like, yeah, maybe it was probably the trickiest. Obviously, they beat, was it Leeds or Everton in the... Yeah, so they've the, played a couple the, of core teams round. before. Um, intermediate Cup last year in the run as well. But, like, I would imagine it would be similar enough to the home farm game in terms of team selection, in terms of probably how the game goes. I think being at home will probably help as well. Might not get that much of a crowd, but I don't think we need it for a last 16 time of quarterfinals is where it'll get interesting. And, like, it's much better for City to have to, like, they wouldn't want them to go up to Galway or go up to Drogheda where it's a travel and it's extra expense. Nice home, easy draw, easy progression of quarterfinals and we'll work our way from there. Yeah, yeah, once again, the city and Dundalk avoiding each other. Um, I suppose there's that talk about hot and cold balls, but surely the FAI can't stand over another year where the two of them just happen to subscribe to that narrative. I don't think we meet in the again. final. And when Dundalk came out, actually, in the draw, I was watching it on Monday, Dundalk at home, and I knew City were still in there, and I was saying all day beforehand, it's either going to be an easy home tight or we're away in Oriole. That's all it will be, and I was, I was nearly, nearly right. Because it was Harps and then City were drawn out next after Harps. But um, I just don't think four finals with the crowd decreasing again as it has over the last three years. I don't think the FAI will want that. I think their hope was for Rovers or some big, big, like non top two team Rovers, maybe even Waterford. Their hope was for them to get to the final. But Rovers obviously shot themselves in the foot with that narrative. And like, obviously the FAI aren't fixing draws. We're not accusing them of that. But I just don't think they'll want another yeah. city Dundalk one because it's very hard to market that to someone apart from oh look it's the top two going head to head again and that's like that'll, the neutrals won't be attracted by that because they'll be like oh sure we've seen that the last three years why would we go again yeah and it's the sixth time they would have played yeah. each other this season as well because you started with the President's Cup you four league games and then you have the FAI Cup final or an FAI Cup game as well, which I suppose that oversaturation again from that four league, um, four game league is 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 something that needs to be looked at. Um, we'll go the other the other kind of news um during this week uh, during the FAI 
festival of football, um, <laughs> which is what they call their canvassing, you know. Um, oh, look, we just have to be giving out all this money a month before Clondalini gets re-elected. Oh, what a surprise. That's, anyway, that's, that's um, purely coincidental. The, yeah, I know. Imagine that. Uh, yeah, Currying favours before a vote. Anyway, Shane. Yeah, <laughs> how dare I even try to insinuate that. <laughs> um, Cove um, had the they obviously beat Dundalk in the semi-final of the League Cup we haven't talked about it because um, we were talking to Marius last week and I suppose it's so far down the road now but a fantastic achievement for them obviously you know, no need to it goes without saying they had their festival of football they brought it to Cove Ramblers um, last night or not, not yeah last night and <laughs> they had the draw for the final of the EA Sports Cup and if there was ever a draw that I was expecting to be fixed, it was this. But it, obviously, the game is in the final, Manuel, which is a massive national disappointment. A national final in St. Colmes Park would have been magnificent. Obviously, the crowds in Cove, we've spoken about it before, there's not that much local interest anymore. But for something like that, you would have got, I'd imagine, a full St. Colmes Park, even for the City fans travelling down or other clubs. But now it's in the brand new one, and I suppose like it's going to be televised uh, by air, and it always is. So I don't really like the brand new one and brand new brand new one against St Colman's Park, which will look better aesthetically. It's going to be the brand new one, which is better. The stands are better, but it's just going to be so much more difficult for Cove now to go up all the way on a Sunday after having played on. Actually, no, it's going to be delayed on the Friday. Sorry, they've got that game against that low plus mode. Um, so it's just going to be very, very difficult to come out with a result. Listen, if they do, it'll be one of the greatest stories in their history, having like beaten Dundalk and then got on the road, taken down Terry in their own home patch. I can't see it happening, but listen, stranger things have happened. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, and it's um, it's a great achievement for them to be there in the first place, and hopefully there'll be plenty kind of travel up from. From Cove for the game, um, which which would be great. Um, I, I suppose, you know, as you say, the Brandywell probably looks better on TV, but it's great for Cove even to be on TV. And I think there's, there's a lot of good happening at that project in terms of, as you say, um, bridges have been burned with local people in the past, but Cove are restructuring themselves around local players, around really good um, MSL players that are being brought up around guys who have been on the Cove underage teams have been through Springfield Ramblers and all the way up so that's how you kind of I mean when you're starting from that base that's how you kind of foster a local support is you know you're showing that you're developing young footballers in the area that you're not bringing in guys from up up and down the country Um, I mean obviously Ramblers can't afford that to begin with but hopefully this run hopefully they can get a bit extra sponsorship off the back of it and hopefully you know even though it's in a way draw that they that they can capitalize and make make the most of it. Um, we move on. We had a rever- rebel referendum, which, <laughs> um, if you're listening to it on Wednesday, um, makes perfect sense. But we said on Monday, uh, sorry, not on Monday, on Tuesday that uh, Kansas City scored the Larkendal tomorrow. I mean, given the fact that I hope so, yeah. Today after Tuesday is Wednesday, and City are doing their warm up. I imagine some players will. But obviously, <laughs> what we. Will, I would hope so, yeah. But I, uh, although that that you know that discussion about nets behind the goal on, on the uh, unofficial forum would suggest maybe it's more of an issue than we think. Um, 
obviously we, we mean Thursday night um, if you're listening to this on Tuesday it's Thursday and if you're listening to this Wednesday you know it's tomorrow I don't need to point that out to you um, but I just did our referendum asks can City score at the Lurken down tomorrow not can they win not will they progress but can they score 75% of you say they can um, 25% of you say no um, 52 votes in that so as people are confident enough that we can at least break the duck a city's longest ever scoreless run in uh, European competitions is seven games we're up yeah, to five look, I mean, so people I probably agree with them in that we can it's just when we do it is the key um, I, I, like I said earlier I'm not that hopeful but like we have had some famous European nights so It'll be amazing if it happens. Whether it does, I'm not sure. Absolutely. So, 75% do you think we will? We will keep our fingers crossed that game, obviously, live on RT. Um, when we move into our predictions, obviously, City in action on Sunday. We'll get to that last. Um, but we have a couple of games. We have Derry against Waterford, Bray against Dundalk, Limerick against Sligo, and Rovers. Yeah, I just think Derry to Bradley one as well, and like how got Waterford that goal well against. I think Derry come away with um, Flaherty, but still seen it too. I think Shields will have had a building defensive work all week. Waterford kind of iffy form. He's got through the cups comfortably enough against Scary Town, but obviously lost to us the week before. Uh, going on the road, their away form hasn't been that great. And I'm them up in the brand new one. It's going to be a little bit trickier. I just think there you have not a comfortable, but like enough to get a 2-0 win. Um, yeah, um, well, I, I've actually gone with a draw. <laughs> I think it's going to be one all between those two. These are one of those games that wouldn't really surprise you if it went either way. Um, if Waterford won, if Derry won, if there was a draw, it wouldn't really surprise you either way. So I'm going to go, go with a one all draw. Um, Waterford just trying to stay in the hunt. Derry are, I mean, they're they're kind of falling away rather sharply from that European picture, which would be a disaster for them. And um, they're four points now behind Shamrock Rovers, uh, five points behind Waterford, who are in occupying that third place at the moment. Obviously, if Cork City and Dundalk get to point again, that won't be an issue. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's. I think I think a one-all draw will probably suit both just about as they try and push on to get back into the or, or at least for the Derry to get back into that uh, European stage uh, Brig against Dundalk uh, obviously we've all gone for a Dundalk win as we did on the opening game of the season when Bray managed to, be wonderful. to uh, and then all draw um, another result like that would be absolutely fantastic but uh, it would be great but I don't think um, neither of us can see it happening. Dave's gone for 2 0, I've gone for 4 0 to Dundalk. We have, however, disagreed on the uh, West Coast clash between Limerick and Sligo. Limerick hosting uh, Sligo, obviously, Dave, as Dave said, five points between the two. Yeah, teams. look, I think, think Limerick can bring uh, it down Limerick two definitely play better when they're at very home interesting in the field. last couple of games. And Sligo, off that awful result last week, they're going to try and bounce back. But I'm just thinking in terms of quality and confidence, Limerick will have a bit more of that going into this game. They'll see it as a as a chance to go two points off and really drag Sligo back into it. Obviously, Sligo will be on the opposite foot, but they'll think, right, we can make it eight points now with the game in hand. I just think Limerick at home. If it was in the showgrounds, I'd definitely go for Sligo. But I just think Limerick having home advantage and teams have had trouble in Marksfield this year. I think, for two, I, think I went 2-0 in the end. I guess, yeah, 2-0 for Limerick. Yeah, I've gone for 2-1 win to Sligo. I think Sligo can pull it out of the bag. 
Um, I mean, they are going to be very nervous. I think it's going to be a, a, a Limerick onslaught for the last couple of minutes. Um, but I do, I just think Sligo have just about enough um, to beat Limerick. Um, and I think that probably condemns Limerick to that playoff place. And I know a lot, maybe some Limerick fans who are more than likely not listening to this podcast because they're not Cork City supporters. Um, but all the same, um, I, I just, I just think Sligo have enough to get to get over Limerick, and I, I think Limerick really are going to have to start planning for that that playoff game. I wouldn't be surprised if. Um, if if the, some of their scouts were already looking at sort of the teams at the, uh, in and around the playoff picture in the first division, trying to have an idea of <laughs> how they're getting on, um, Rovers against Bulls. This is always a delight to predict because I always end up going for a Bulls win, and they always deliver for me. So I've gone one nil to Bulls in this one. Um, Bazunu has a great game, I think, but I think Bulls probably just capitalise on an awful mistake in the back line from or a score from a set piece or a penalty or something. And uh, uh, come I think away they drew with a the... win, and that would complete a treble. No, against, was it Rovers uh, one and Daily Mount? I, I think was it. I, I'm not sure. Rovers, I'm pretty sure one and Daily Mount. So Rover, Bowes won the first game three one. I remember the yeah, they definitely won, they won the most recent meeting with Dan Burn. I, if I do say. remember correctly. I'll just have a look on my head. Yeah, you're right. They, have, uh, they drew the last one in uh, yeah. Dagenham. So that would make one, three out of four uh, for Bowles. Bowles, Bowles if they were that. So, yeah. Um, like Bradley, I don't know. I, can't, I don't even want to say he's under pressure anymore because everyone knows it. But uh, I don't think... I think it could be very similar to the game in Tala the last time where Bowles got the last-minute equaliser. I think we're always like, they have to come out and perform now, surely. Um, after the Cup embarrassment... Um, I don't know if it'll be Bazuno, I don't know if Spratty knows who's going to start in goals. Maybe he'll find some 13 year old from Dupper's side and he can throw in on the telly in front of a big crowd. Um, I don't really want to see the atmosphere. Actually, no, I do want to see the atmosphere afterwards if both do win, but I just think Rose. Like, one all is still a terrible result for that, and that's what I think will happen. So that's four. Like, both go an entire season against Rovers unbeaten, which will be delighted, which will make the Fibsburg Club absolutely delighted. So that's what I've gone for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we go obviously to Sunday evening's game. Seven o'clock kickoff means that we won't have it live. Unfortunately, I'm stuck in work. Um, I would be, I would have been able to an afternoon kickoff, but obviously the small matter of an All Ireland uh, final <laughs> makes that uh, a difficult one to schedule. Um, but we've both gone for the same thing, and one of the reasons we've both gone for the same thing is because the last two times <laughs> we've we seen you're definitely going to win three. I've added, taken away a goal or added on a goal. And yeah, I've look, always I mean, gotten caught out. So Dave, you've gone for two 0 and I've like, decided Dave's for two 0 I'm going to go for two 0 myself. I just think we had enough in our in our um, yeah, absolutely in our tank to beat them in intercourt, beat them at home as well. Like we needed the 100 yards fiasco to really seal the deal in intercourt last time. But I just, I just don't. I'd be very, very disappointed if we didn't win that game, and I don't think we lose it. Yeah, it, I, I don't think so like either. A, yeah, and I stick by my prediction like that. that we're going to win every single league game until we face Dundalk. Um, I think around it's not not this time next month, but I think uh, just just about five weeks. 
So we've uh, obviously bowls this around this time next month, and then we have uh, Dundalk at home the following game. Um, so yeah, but uh, until then, do enjoy or try to enjoy Thursday's game at least as much as you can. Hopefully, City give us something to shout for with the goal, keep us in some way in the tie. Um, it looks like we, well, I know it doesn't look like we are going to be playing uh, Skendia if we were to get through the Macedonian side who lost uh, boat legs to Red Bull Salzburg and lost four in an aggregate in the end. Um, so, yeah, that would be a phenomenal chance for Cork City or more than likely Rosenberg to get through. But hopefully um, City can at least make a game out of it. But in the meantime, do remember to subscribe and rate. Uh, the podcast we do absolutely appreciate that we've been trying to bang them out over the last couple of weeks and move schedules and this that and the other um so we would appreciate uh, your support to try and push us up the charts uh, do follow us on twitter at our our presenters and Alice on facebook and snapchat at rebel radio ccfc all the usual good stuff but uh until next week hopefully when we'll be talking about our uh, europa league playoff game against Gendia for me kevin it's